All right, guys, welcome back for another podcast. Uh, in this next multi-part series, we're going to be talking about our star chart. So here we go. Welcome to the podcast. We can't pause the podcast to go over memes ben no we need to get used to the idea of being lies it's true because it's almost yes, there it is we're, we're getting there dangerously close I, to go live i actually have all of the stuff necessary in a shopping cart to be shipped <laughs> oh, uh, an electronic shopping cart like in my right, mind i'm just right. like you got a <laughs> shopping cart somewhere just rolling around the music <laughs> goods store right and i'm like why don't you is it on layaway like just sitting in the <laughs> cart <laughs> oh man anyway here we are so uh star chart we're going to be covering this over probably the next three yeah. uh podcasts because it's a lot of stuff uh with a lot of context that i think is necessary one of the it's one of the newest ideas that's been introduced into paw health yeah um because what we started with was the first grid that we're going to go over that basically compares performance uh, to potential. So that's something that we've been utilizing for probably the last three years, if not a little bit longer than that. But what we found was there were some, or Carlo, you had found basically on your own in your sketchbook, <laughs> that there were some uh, decent, a, a decent amount of deficiency in actually explaining where we were having um, yeah. a lack of, of other variables, which we're going to go over, uh, but those being consistency, clarity, confidence, and competence. Yeah. So all of those items put together, it was how do we make this um, into a, the, the purpose was an in-the-moment accountability tool. Yeah. And yeah. then how do we start to have conversations about this? Uh, all of this stems off of the case review process, the after action review process, the forgiveness model, yep. all of those are the very deliberate tools that require uh, a significant time investment yeah. um, because you're building the skill set. This tool is more for the extension beyond those pieces because your time investment is less. It's more in the moment, um, but you need to be able to communicate effectively yeah. um, in the mindset that is taught within those other tools. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think in that, you know, <clears throat> You know, I think kind of where I, you know, downloaded this out of my brain, so to speak, is mm -hmm. it was sort of like you had said, is we have these different tools, right? So we have the after action reviews, we have these different things to, you know, sort of achieve accountability and maintain accountability. Um, but I think like you had said, is we kind of would miss the mark sometimes on the in the moment accountability. And that that's okay. I mean, you can always come back later. Not everything can be addressed right away. Sometimes people have to have their fo first emotional response. You got to get beyond that. So you can't always come up with solutions in like the heat of the moment. Um, but I think as, I started to, you know, I, I, I'm not always present for performance reviews, but the ones that I would be a part of, it's like, oh, we're just lacking in this one variable. We're just lacking in confidence. Or mm -hmm. um, I think the other thing is bringing in uh, students. It would be like, oh, well, no, like you, you, you just aren't particularly clear on what needs to happen or, yep. you know, so. I think that's then where looking at sort of our grid system is I, you know, knew that there was the performance and potential, which I think we're going to cover in, in this particular podcast a little bit more in depth, mm -hmm. um, is I think, you know, to your credit, it's the idea of having the conversation yep. and just giving it context to be like, well, why are we having an issue? Mm -hmm. And if, um, you know, so then what I did was after I kind of, I, I just like zoned out for, I think like 10 hours <laughs> and it was just like, then all of a sudden this existed. Yeah. Um, and for reference, everyone, um, on our, on, uh, uh pawhealth.net slash podcast, um, there's actually, we have our culture and core values document, but also these next, uh, series of pages are actually integrated into the education system. Yep. So I think they're probably pages like three through five, I yep. believe, uh, three through five, three through six, mm -hmm. uh, but it's in the education system. So don't try to look for them as a separate PDF. Um, but again, what we're going to do is kind of just go through these in the next several podcasts. Um, but from a utility standpoint, like you said, it's just having the conversation. So yeah. for me, I wanted to have something that 
we could look at the administrative level and saying, well, why are we consistently having people fail this way? Mm -hmm. But then also bring it all the way back down to being like, why are you as an individual individual failing that way? Mm -hmm. So it was another, it was a, it was a tool essentially for if we find someone in the moment, because I think that's where people have a hard time drawing the connections is if you have a coworker an employee, whatever it is, and they're failing because we want to, we want to create an opportunity for growth, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if they're failing and you run an after action or you run a case review or whatever it is. But now in having the star chart, it's like, well, if we start to work through with this person and identify, oh, we actually have like a procedural failure. Oh, we actually have a systems failure. Mm -hmm. You can take a one person problem and basically escalate it or elevate it up to an administrative solution. So um, I think what where that for me had come true in several circumstances is I, we always had referred to them as the gap employees. Yep. So it's, you have, you know, you try to think you have really good, strong policy. And then it's just like, you have one person who slips through the gaps or slips through the cracks. And it's like, how did you find, how yeah. did you? Yep. They really? always, they always find that one <laughs> yeah. thing, like the one area of nuance and right. then just <laughs> stumble straight through it <laughs> right into it it's yeah. like it's like growing up we used to uh, no, uh, grow, uh, uh, uh this is early 90s uh nintendo had come out and the first mario yep. so if anyone's ever played the first mario we all know that after the first pipe uh, uh well, at least the one pipe you go down to get the one up it doesn't matter there's a hole right there there's a pit <laughs> my parents could never make it past that pit is they were they were called <laughs> king and queen jump in the hole and it was just like that was the conversation so it's like that's why i was there but these gap employees where it's like just you you don't just go down the pipe. You don't actually right. even have to tackle the hole. Why are you jumping in the <laughs> hole? And it's just the, you know, like, I don't, I just have to try to jump over it. I'm like, but you don't. Right. So that's, that's your, that, that is my Mario uh, analogy uh, for uh, gap employees is just jumping in the hole. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so I guess that's, that's where I think sometimes administratively there is conflict, unnecessary yeah. conflict is it's like, if you have an employee failing, you just automatically af- uh, assume that it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Well, to even say that it's their fault in some capacity would be unaccountable behavior because that's mm-hmm. blaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we look at ways in which that person has failed an expectation and try to identify ways in which we can grow from that failed expectation, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, maybe we should be more clear administratively. Yep. Maybe we don't have a good process of training. Maybe we haven't, we haven't, we haven't. So again, this is another one of these sets of documents. So what's in these uh, four pages. It's another one of these documents where We've essentially been doing this on the administrative level. We've yes. been doing it and having these conversations, but it's and it's just what our sections 1.1 and 1.2 are. It's just we're starting to put things into actual, you know, print into Mm -hmm. concepts and into ways in which people can consume it. Um, And that's where to look at how these grids are set up. There's a, I have it set up both visually, I have it set up, you know, on axes um, and then also be able to identify the um, interconnectedness between it. Um, My long-term goal with this is actually to be able to identify ways in which we can create um, complete star charts for people. So we can see where they're at uh, through our skills rubric and through our performance reviews, um, get more of average readings. I think there's a way to integrate that. I think it'd be pretty cool. But, but all of it is actually in the same uh, as any performance review, any after action review, any case review, anything that is a disc uh, revolving around ultimately the fulfillment of whatever item is uh, on the list, whether it was a success or a failure, all of these tools are built to create conversation. Right. Um, now saying that, you know, cause the reason that I say that is again, we we've worked with, and I've personally worked with the performance potential grid a lot yeah. Yeah. is in my time working with other businesses, it would be like, well, this, this person is just a backbone. Like they just, it would, they would use it kind of as a rating system uh, sure, and yeah. not necessarily as a conversation piece sure. and uh, would base different things around that, whatever they may be. Yep. And um, would, would potentially create another level of unnecessary conflict by just saying, well, this is what you are. Uh, sure. And then if they disagree, uh, sure. but never having the conversation, yeah. now there's a level of resentment that is completely unnecessary. No, I think you're actually, 
uh, no, I, to that, I think is actually why I expanded these other yeah. pages was yeah. because I know with um, Dr. Janessa, that would be one where she would be like, well, I feel like sometimes I'm in the problem shop, but I think other times I'm star player, but mm-hmm. you know, I think backbone. Da, 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 da. So it's like, you know, anyone who's ever taken a personality test, they're like, why am not just this letter? You know, I'm not yeah. just this number. And it's like, well, yeah, but it, you're the flavor of that letter. Right. You right. know, so it's, it's, and I think that's where some of this is your natural tendency uh, or natural behavior, um, which I think, you know, obviously that's discussed in the tricores, sort of those, you know, base type things. Mm-hmm. But you have the ability to flex the muscle. You have the ability to kind of, uh, on this one thing, out, out saying. So um, to that um, is, again, how we look at our um, skills rubric. Mm-hmm. So skills rubric, we have the four A's, you know, which is essentially corresponding to tier one, two, three, and four. Um, you know, or at least our expectation is you can have like a, tier three employee who should be there on performance reviews they're every six months they're your full-time employees um, but they're not performing any better than a first week employee mm-hmm. um, now that may not be on everything but it may be on something so mm-hmm. it's like you can have a you know on a scale of one to five you can have a high five tier one and a really low one tier three you know mm-hmm. so there's there's and that's where we start to look through this um you know like you had said it's not just to put people in categories right. it's to have the deliberate conversation on how can we identify problems or barriers that we can create solutions um and that's if you guys kind of jump to kind of the first page in this is it has the big main uh hexagon so that hexagon has a star right in the middle of it um and you'll kind of see basically like it's been said there's basically the three axis mm-hmm. um the uh, vertical axis is performance and potential you turn uh, about 45 degrees to the right um, at like the two o'clock to the eight o'clock position is uh, competence and confidence. And then you kick another uh, 90 down. It's going to be clarity and consistency. So I have those two, I have those things deliberately lined up to mean that confidence and competence are usually related to one another Mm -hmm. and clarity and consistency is usually related to itself Mm -hmm. or to each other and potential and performance is also being uh, sort of connected to one another. So the tool of this, now I'm not going to completely go through the whole thing because again, we're going we're gonna to touch on performance and potential, but the idea is when you start to have these conversations either at after action reviews or administratively or on the individual basis, whatever it is, is you start out with performance and potential because mm-hmm. you have to first identify, right? right? I mean, that's why we have performance reviews. Like how is the performance? Um, and you say, okay, well, performance is high, potential is high, perfect, that's awesome. You know, but if we're dealing with a low performance situation, you basically turn, you turn to the next access to be like okay if we're having problems with performance and potential turn to the next axis and saying well is this an issue with confidence or is this an issue with competence Mm -hmm. and it's like oh well we have confidence and competence that's not our problem so you tick to the next axis where it's consistency and clarity so that's where if we have an employee who has low performance but high potential we kick to the next grid where no they're confident and competent they can do it and you kick to the next grid and it's like oh they're not consistent and they're not clear Mm -hmm. oh well their performance issue is because they are neither consistent nor clear on what this problem is Um, and then looking at the grid a low uh, consistency low clarity is what we identify as a global failure right so it's a way in which you can kind of move a problem or move a person away from just being a performance potential issue and then saying, oh, well, where does the problem actually lie? Right. Yeah. Because what would uh, end up happening in a lot of the conversations that I've had just within the performance potential grid is in the problem child situation, which uh, for those that are listening, that is a high potential type person, but a low performer. Um, What the conversation would turn into is do better. Uh, I know you can do better. (laughs) So just do better. Right. Well, how, or, you know, that there would be an extension of that conversation, which in a lot of uh, areas would be just fine. Like you, we can have the conversation about, well, here's how you do it better. We're going to increase clarity. Right. I believe in you. We're going to increase confidence, right? right? We're going to put together a training mechanism for you to practice this for the next three weeks. We're going to increase competence. Like, yeah. 
we would naturally have these conversations, but the gap was, it wasn't really in writing. And a lot of times there would be a lack of clarity between both parties of how we're actually going to increase performance. Again, though, going back to, I believe the, the grid that we'll have up because we still haven't gotten it up yet of quantity versus quality. (laughs) I got to write that down. Yes. We got to write that down. (laughs) The whole point of this is to increase quantity while maintaining quality. And to maintain quality, we have to maintain a high level of performance. Well, how do we do that? With Mostly with the other four variables. So when we see a dip in performance, why is that happening? Yep. Um, however, to start off these conversations, and the reason that we start off with performance and potential is uh, in a hiring situation, first sure, off, sure. we have to identify those that have high potential. Yeah. We don't really want to hire people necessarily that are low potential. Now, yeah. we can have middle potential uh, sure. and realize that there might be some gaps, but you're going to have the, the screening mechanism of hiring is basically I am going to put you through a process to determine your potential. So tier with, zero tier zero with no actual um, evidence of performance. Like there are, you know, some people do, um, you know, uh, references and all that sort of stuff of previous employers. But again, taking somebody's word for it. You're a a tapered level of references. The ones that are going to give you a good reference. Right, right, right. The grain of salt. Yeah. Um, So technically in this instance, Everyone starts as a problem child. Yeah. That's why we have training. Yes, is to get their performance level yep. up. Yeah. Um. But it, it, I think it's worth acknowledging that hiring is all about uh, realizing or at least estimating somebody's potential. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think that attests to kind of at least what I would interpret as being a non-traditional hiring mechanism mm-hmm. uh, where it, what we have in our organization that kind of, you know, you, Katie and Andy sort of developed is saying like, you know, okay, yeah, fine, have a resume, have your references, but like th- we said in a previous podcast, most of the interview is us talking about ourselves. Yeah. You know, yep. and saying let's, let's at least set the standard and it's exactly what you're saying is like if we as the employer are putting all of our cards on the table mm-hmm. to be like, this is the expectation of the job. The question doesn't really become, do you like, um, like, do you want to work here? It's can you? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yes. And the reason that we do that is the acknowledgement of like job performance is something that can really only be done in practice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the cultural alignment of like, again, we're only grading potential, yeah. but they're, um, potential of high performance as a cultural item is actually something that can be graded pretty instantaneously. Sure. So how do you grab onto these ideas? How much are you engaging with the concepts of our core values and serve the patient and uh, all of the things that define what paw health is? That's something that we can grade pretty rapidly through guided questions. So yes, we are explaining what it is that paw health is, but it's actually not to toot our own horn uh, or correct. to say that we're great. It's like, no, how do you want to do this? Yeah. What is your potential in fulfilling what our expectation is culturally? Because that's half your job. Yeah. Yeah. And if you guys look at um, now that we've kind of transitioned from the page that has the main grid on it, now we're sort of over to the performance and potential page. Mm-hmm. You'll kind of see in the top right corner what Ben's referring to is that the performance in of itself is not just role effectiveness. It's not, like you said, it's not just doing your job. It's having the core value alignment which is equally, if not more important than your ability to actually perform your job. Yes. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, because like for, you know, I train all of our uh, caregiver support staff, right? Yep. I can take somebody's word that they're good on a phone, but I'm not going to know until I put them on a phone, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Or like I'm good with database management. Well, I got to sit you in front of a keyboard. But as as it relates to core value alignment, like 
I can read the room. Yeah. And if you don't have that, yeah. like even a remote interest in it, uh, buy. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, first core value, give and gain trust. Right. You know? Right. So it's, yeah, if, if, if you have someone in a hiring seat who willingly just gives trust, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a certain part of it where it's like, well, have it, have the ability to give it. But in mm-hmm. that setting, you got to be pretty fast. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think what did Annie say? She had run through you know, 160 some odd apps and it was like five, yeah. you know, that really were like, okay, this is, they're at least leaning in the direction of someone who could potentially perform the job. Yep. You know, if yep. we're in a hiring situation where it's just like, oh, they applied, let's hire them. It's like, you're going to botch culture first. Oh yeah. Real <laughs> fast. Yes. Uh, it, but the, the, the screening mechanism in that uh, front is, is all about gaining trust. Yeah. And the way that you gain trust on a resume is effort. Yeah, sure. Just, just try right. like a little bit <laughs> right? and then, you know, try, you, you got to show a level of engagement with, uh, the, the cultural stuff that we put at you. Like I could actually coach somebody on here, how to interview and actually get a job at paw health pretty easily. <laughs> Just show up like you want to be there. Right. And then like acknowledge the value of everything that we do. Because right. if you believe, if you show the belief that everything that we do is intentional and has value. Nah. I can teach you how to do the job. Uh, yeah. I can teach performance on a role effectiveness level and a time allocation and usage level. Yeah. Core value alignment and that cultural piece. I can't really teach. No. I can make you better at it. I can show you what it means to be a force of change. I can show you what it means to serve the patient on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But you have to believe in it first. Yeah. And that was, I think that's why Janessa made the joke that I didn't have a leash with her. I had a noose. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to teach you cultural or, you know, culture and core value alignment. Like it's going to happen because one, I know I can teach it. And two, I know you can learn it. Yeah. But the, the amount of time and effort that goes into it. And then again, it comes back to how we kind of said in the beginning, it's the knee jerk behavior. So it's how the individual considers and thinks through problems first. And Mm -hmm. I think we've often referred to that as your first emotional response. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it's from a processing standpoint, if we're trying to unlearn unaccountable or poor culture behaviors, into an accountable and good culture behaviors, they're still going to have that knee jerk back to, you know, or revert back to sort of what that old, what's their first reaction and they have to sort of transition over. So I think that's probably a little bit of a scar in, in that particular scenario um, with Dr. Janessa's. Again, I think she's come a long way in mm-hmm. the, you know, time that she's been with us, but there's, you can kind of tend, you see that there's a trend to jump, but then she'll get to her second response pretty quick. Yeah. You know? So she'll, she'll get there, but um, it's tough. It's tough to overcome some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but yeah, I think so again, you're know, looking at sort of how we have the page laid out. I mean, one thing is performance. So it's, you know, the way in which we look at performance essentially comes down to the tier three. Yep. You know, I mean, yep. that's going to be our growth plan and skills rubric um, for our administrators receiving direction. Uh, it's the 515 traction. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same way. Um, but then the potential component, I think this is where you could potentially hit some backlash and actually like objectively saying whether or not you think someone has potential. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's, that has the, po- has the potential, funny, isn't it? <laughs> the yeah. potential to be a bad conversation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, a lot of it is how we look at, um, you know, how our education system is set up is essentially tier four. You know, as I think it's 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 long term and short term goals. Yeah. It's yeah. you know, if we're looking at individual advancement on potential, that's I think when you said it's the actively engaged component, just show up and act like you want to be here. Mm-hmm. That is individual advancement. Yeah, like you have to show up and be here with the intent that you are at least going to try to better yourself, and you're going to better yourself through failure. Right. That's just how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, again, that's I guess kind of the theme of what our tier four is. Mm-hmm. It's just where are we going to go? It can be relative to the situation too. So you can have a put uh, a performance potential conversation within the first 40 hours. You can have yeah. it within the first 90 days. You Absolutely. can have it three years into employment around a tier three type item. You can have it around a tier four type. Item. It, it's all, again, this is all just creating a level of communication because every, every performance based conversation is going to have a level of nuance that you have to work out one-to-one with the other person. Yeah. This yeah. is just a framework of words yeah. 
yeah. to, to for you to provide context within that nuance. Yeah. I can't, you know, we were just talking about it uh, a couple of weeks ago or whatever about our, our caregiver support guide. I can't train nuance. I can only train yeah, the yeah. tools and yeah. then you have to utilize them for nuance. Yeah. I've used that a lot in the last couple of weeks. It's important though. <laughs> like that's actually become a really big part of the way that I train our, all yeah. of our staff up front is like, I'm giving you all of the puzzle pieces. Most of them aren't put together yeah. because you're going to have to take six different puzzle pieces in every phone call and in every caregiver yeah. interaction. And you're going to have to put them together, yeah. but I can't teach you all of the ways all these pieces fit together. No. It's impossible. Yeah. There's too many things. Yeah. This is kind of the same thing. And that's why yeah. it's really just about, uh, you know, taking a step back. This is, this is definitely more of a 30,000 foot view type thing. What are the right words to use in these instances? Right. So as, uh, you know, kind of diving into the individual parts here, uh, we have four primary definitions as it relates to high and low performance and high and low potential. Everybody wants the silver bullet, high performance, high potential person, yeah. the star player. Right. Um, I will say that the overwhelming majority of people that you hire are not going to be star players. No. They're, on a higher basis? On, no. oh, it's just on a, yeah. even a staffing basis. Yeah. It's hard. And, and no it's one something starts that, there. No, yeah. no. And it's, um, it's hard for people to even over time maintain that. Yeah. No. Especially if you're not having ongoing discussions about it. Yep. But it's star players perform at a high level within their skill set and they have a high potential for advancement. Yep. So these are going to be your your movers and your shakers. Yep. Um, they're going to be the ones that make a difference on a day-to-day -day basis, the ones that show up, try the hardest, put the most effort in, fail, probably fail the most, but then ultimately yeah. make the adjustments moving forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, so, I, you know, I, and to clarify, when we think of potential, like people would assume, that it potent the only purpose of potential is to get you into a high performance category but that's not the case is it's while you are performing at a high level you have the potential to do more right so it's and that's where again potential remembering comes into tier four there's individual advancement and there's industrial advancement so saying i have become a star player at this position tier four is our training tier mm -hmm. let's teach more people mm -hmm. let's sure let's show more people yep. you know is it in this location is it in some other location let's help develop the education system let's try to come into more clarity so mm -hmm. um just because one is peaking in their current role it doesn't mean that that new roles won't be created or more responsibilities won't be adopted. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I just, I like to make that clarification because a lot of people are like, well, if I'm already performing high, how can I have more potential? It's like, there's so much more work to do, yeah. you know, just, yep. and that's why I said, this is kind of that, you know, individual type vantage point, but it's also like the 30,000 foot view, like you had said, because it, 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 anyone who is in that high performance, high potential category, you almost have to see outside of yourself. Yep. You're starting to kind of have that servitude to the patient, the education and caregiver, and you're starting to see the inter connectedness of all of the aspects and attributes. Yeah. For a good example, we actually just had a conversation a couple hours ago about how do we increase that potential? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause like, uh, you know, when we were in the middle of it, I think the, 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 a big discretion that we had or uh, kind of disagreement that was like implied, but wasn't specifically said was, you know, when I'm talking about putting together our estimates, it's yeah. like, I actually think you're performing at a really high level. Right. I just want to increase the potential of how many, how well, how much you can perform at a high level, continue to perform at that level. Yep. Let's just do more of it type right. thing. Yep. And I think what the, and that's, I, we probably should have broke this out in the middle of that uh, conversation, honestly, <laughs> because it, I think the perception was you're seeing uh, that I was seeing them as an iceberg or a low performance yes, type yes. person and just trying to increase performance. Yes. Whereas actually performance is good. Yeah. Keep it up. Yeah. But let's increase the potential and, yeah. and time allocation and usage is one of the ways that we yeah. can become more efficient and actually increase potential, get ourselves up into star player. Yeah. And that's, I think, again, looking at performance, we have role effectiveness. Role yep. effectiveness is not role efficiency. Right. <laughs> time yep. allocation and usage is efficiency. Yes. Yeah. So and, and that was yep. a really, that was probably one of the hardest things about this whole thing to break <laughs> apart. It was probably about a year ago that we did that. Yeah. And that took, hours yeah. to really come up with the right way to word that because uh we were we were having people that were 
doing the role extremely well, but taking forever to do it. Like whatever role it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was so slow. Um, but it was done extremely accurately or whatever that might be. And it's like, well, how do we communicate that to somebody? Is it an effectiveness thing? And it's like, no, they're doing it well. They just have to learn how to do it faster. Yeah. So that time allocation and usage piece was probably one of the biggest breakouts of a variable that we've had in a long time. So, um, it's, and it's a great way to separate the two things. You're performing your role at a highly effective level. Correct. Your time allocation usage to do that, I think, is just too high. Like, yeah. how do we make this more efficient? So, uh, definitely. Right. And that's, it's identification of barriers. Yeah. It, yep. You know, because yes. sometimes sometimes you'll end up having that the time allocation and usage um, on some of these people who are performing lower. I mean, as we start to move around the star yeah, chart. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, some of it actually ends up becoming other challenges and barriers from outside influences. Mm-hmm. Now, within the organization, but I mean, outside of the individual. It can be yeah. anything. Yeah. Right. It can be family issues that are just dragging you down and they just slow you down whatever but you gotta acknowledge what that variable is and start to figure out your way over around it or break through it right not to use it as an excuse but to use it like you said to use it as an opportunity to grow uh one of the the good ones um is uh for dr kenny in uh language barrier right um, yep. so he's Indian native. Yep. So he's definitely got, you know, he, he knows five languages, but I believe English is the fifth one. Yeah. Sure. So like, there's definitely some, some discrepancy in communication that he has that I think, you know, it, it does limit his, his potential, but that's, um, you know, not necessarily something that we're going to use as an excuse. Yeah. It's like, how do we make a difference on that and, and get to the point where it's no longer an issue. And even though it's not like yeah. his role effectiveness yeah. is yeah. On, on medicine is pretty solid. Yeah. It's just the communication piece, which yeah. is again, probably yeah. about 50% which of the job in part is the reason why we completely overhauled the medical record system. Yeah. You know, as I wanted right. it more click based, yep. you know, and just yep. in moving. So there's less typing and there's less potential for grammatical errors. I mean, that was exclusively driven by him. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I understood that it would have been a faster way for us to teach it. And we actually wanted medical record continuity as well. So yep. we wanted our tech notes and our clerical notes and all that stuff to be the same. Uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. It's, we had, we saw a barrier within the first two weeks to two months of employment and it's like i gotta try to fix that right you know right and then fumbled through it for a few months and i was like well here's a clear solution but 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 all of that was with the intention of i think although not everyone gets there um we try to set a system that allows people the opportunity so long as they want it to be a star player Uh, sure let's not have barriers for no reason that are limiting people from being star players to become that type of person is something that, you know, it's kind of a lead a horse to water situation. Like here it is guys, like at at the very least, and we'll get to the backbone. Like you have to perform at this minimum standard, um, which is still high performance, but I'm not necessarily forcing potential on you. Um, However, if you want it, here it is. Correct. And here's how you do it well. Yep. So uh, you definitely have to have a system in place that is removing as many barriers as possible to being star players, setting up structures um, that allow people accessibility to that. That's where the next two grids really become critical. Essentially. Um, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think you kind of made the natural movement right into backbone. Right. Right. Because acknowledging the fact that the overwhelming majority of your staff is going to, at some point hit a backbone type role. Sure. You're going to, you're going to have people that maintain a higher level of potential, um, until they get to the point of maxed out performance. Uh, Yes. Yes. So like once that hits and you, and you see the kind of the, the, the end of the road of sure. like how much can you actually put into this? Um, they may be advancing. They may like you, but to, to a point, like you know, this is the idea that we've been talking about for the entire duration of the podcast. Like your backbones are the people that stop and they start to build the town yeah. as every, yes. as the, the rest of the group starts to c- continues West. Yeah. Now that role um, is something that I think goes, in my experience, I've seen it go completely um, unnoticed 
it's it's taken for granted. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the big reason why I wanted to start to integrate this chart when I first saw it a few years ago, yeah. because those people that fulfill a high performance, low potential, are so horribly valuable to every business absolutely. because it's, it's not for those people. The wheel stops spinning yeah, and your people who could be star players can no longer be star players. They are now stuck in the, essentially the monotony of continuing to turn the wheel. Yeah. Well, it's right. So if you have individuals who want to be star players, but yeah. kind of get, you know, into the backbone or even potentially they'll turn. If, if you don't have enough backbones, your star players are turning into problem childs. Exactly. Yep. So I think, you know, for us to look at backbones, I think when I think about backbones, you know, kind of like you said, is they, they keep the wheels turning is it's a, it's a question of fulfillment. So if you have a high performance individual with low potential, so performance of course is that they perform high within their growth plan and potential is within their potential of professional advancement. So that's tier four. So if we have someone who really is just nailing their performance reviews twice a year or, you know, however many times your organization chooses to have it, we have uh, at least twice a year touch points. Mm -hmm. Um, and saying they just nail it every, every, every single time, but they're really not interested in teaching others. They're really not interested in kind of stepping out. Maybe their personality type doesn't do it or whatever. There's kind of two ways. And I think you had said it before. Uh, one is going to be, if you have someone who's performing at a high level, do they have the avenue to then become a star player? So if you have someone who is a backbone, you don't want to keep them in the position where they're a backbone because you need them to be a backbone. Yep. If you have someone in that position of a backbone and they want to become a star player and you limit them mm -hmm. and they don't have the opportunity for growth, they turn into an iceberg, yes. which we'll talk about in just a few minutes. But it's a matter of fulfillment. So if you have, so that's one type of backbone. The other type of backbone is someone, you know, again, where it's like they have an incredible amount of fulfillment from doing that job and doing that job well. Mm -hmm. And culturally, they're doing it well. Because sometimes you'll hear the rhetoric of, you know, I'm, you know, as long as my tech skills are the best, as long as my doctor skills are the best, nothing else matters. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about someone who on a role effectiveness, a, cult, a core value alignment, and a time allocation and usage, they just keep performing high. And they gain an incredible amount of fulfillment from that. Yep. Wonderful. Those are the people that keep the, keep the wheels turning. Yep. The alternative in that first scenario is you have a backbone, someone who performs really, really high, um, and they're you know they want to move into that high potential category, but you limit their ability to move into that potential category while they're going to turn into an iceberg. Um, that's defined as a dead end job. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so absolutely. It's <laughs> right. So when we're looking at individuals who re have really, really high performance, and they start to they have high performance and uh, low potential, they start to lose their fulfillment. They start to lose sight of why they're there. They're starting to lose sight, and maybe they don't even have the uh, same fulfillment or core values of the employer uh, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, whatever their purpose is. They don't have the same purpose as their employer. Um, that's the type of people. Like I said, they're going to identify the job as particularly dead end, and then they're just their performance is just going to get worse right um, and that's what moves us into iceberg yes yes so uh what you guys will kind of notice and i know we haven't really touched on problem child a lot yeah, yeah, we'll, but again we'll come back to in a second but everyone yeah. kind of starts there the idea is you know to get their performance high enough so that they can be high potential high performance so they go up from a problem child and into a star player. Well, some people are going to hit that and they're going to you know they're going to hit a comfortable point and then Become from backbone. star player and become, yep, become yep, a fulfilled backbone. Yeah, yes, right, right, right. Um, some people will continue to push forward and, and you know, it, take on more responsibilities, continue to fulfill everything at a high level and push more for more advancement. They're going to maintain that star player status, whatever it might be. But if you have that dead-end job and it's like, nope, we're going to push you into being a backbone, yep. Then they're going to fall and yep. they're going to do the circle. Yep. And it, the circle is something that we've seen from problem child to star player to backbone to iceberg a few times. Yep. And it's really unfortunate to see, um, which is why removing barriers has been such a key component to the structures that we put in place because icebergs are not fun. No, and they, it, as defined, are, they struggle with both performance and potential. Yes, they're their, just, their role effectiveness is low. Their core value alignment is very limited. Their time yeah. allocation is very, very inefficient. Yeah. Trashing culture. Yeah, they're not trying to get... They're actually, in most circumstances, icebergs are not only trying to 
not excel in their own capabilities. They're trying to pull people with them. It's the misery loves company. Yeah, sure. Type person. Yeah. Um, and it's a like, especially in the unemployment environment that we currently exist in. I can't tell you how many times I saw that with other businesses and they were just like, well, I kind of got to keep them because I need a warm body. Yeah. That's warm body hiring. Yeah. Warm (laughs) bodies turn into icebergs really, really fast. And what I, I think I was in uh, a book that I was just reading. I don't remember the name of it offhand. It's nine lies about work. I think something like that, but it, they talked about how the fastest way to um, lose a good employee is to keep the bad one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the fastest way to lose your star player is to tolerate the iceberg. Absolutely. Cause it, it, it blows their mind. It does. Yeah. To it be does. in that same work environment with someone who performs and has the potential. Like I think what we've seen is I've, I've uh, jokingly referred to it as the clucking of the hen house, yep. you know, and that was actually one of the big moves with Janessa a couple months ago. She was in the doctor's office and some of the staff, there was basically the clucking of the hen house and it was actually just one employee who was clucking. Yeah. <laughs> and Janessa was like, well, that's not right. Uh, yep. If you guys have this, you need to go to administration. And then the other two, because there was three of employees who were talking, the other two were like, you know what? You're right. That actually wasn't appropriate for us to be talking that way. Um, and then the iceberg was just like, well, I wouldn't care if anyone talked to me like that <laughs> or talks about me like that. And it's like, right. Oh, right. that's, that's not great. Just enabling the garbage <laughs> culture. Right. right. Because they've already kind of, you know, just got on like, well, I'm in a dead, you know, I'm, I'm, I've already passed the dead end job part. Now I'm just a warm body. I'm collecting a paycheck. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, oh yeah. But that, yeah. that acknowledges a good point that the, the iceberg status can be uh, enacted by employer and by employee. Employers are really, really good at making icebergs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because you, if you create a dead end job yeah. for a high performer, absolutely, or a pot- high potential, excuse me, but you're limiting their capacity uh, within that potential, they're the f- ones that are fastest to turn into icebergs. They're the, the excuse my language. They're the all right. It then right type person <laughs> yeah i don't want to do this anymore if you don't want me to perform at the level that i know yeah. that i can that's a big part of when we talk about millennial alignment sure. within a culture yeah. if we're not limiting their potential as it relates to core value alignment and we're really maximizing on that yeah star players they yeah. push really really hard yeah. but if we limit it they push straight down into and icebergs, icebergs. Yeah. there's very limited amounts of problem child backbone types yeah. that are up south of 30 right now because they don't want to be one of those things. They want to be star players. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, funny story, we actually just had this conversation yesterday uh, with a couple of my other friends uh, or text group or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's as we are swinging now from star player backbone iceberg over to prom child. And it's just that yep. constant loop. Yep. Um, one of them was actually, he was, you know, he was talking about how uh, the millennial, you know, today's generation, our generation, millennial generation, they got a bad deal, the economy and income and so on and so forth. And, He's like, yeah, intergenerational conflict and, you know, sort of these old guys and, you know, saying, oh, these millennials are not hard workers. And I was like, well, no, actually, um, they want purpose. They want fulfillment. They're willing to stand up for themselves and not just take the shit like right. generations before us. Right. And they're, you know, because they sort of have that reserve type person, they're willing to get out of a job. Mm-hmm. And I said, but it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you, and I think you had mentioned this before, like if you have an employer who's like, I hate millennials and like has a work environment where, you know, every new hire, we said in the beginning, every new hire who comes in is a problem child because you have no way of really gauging their performance. You're just like, this person has high potential. Mm-hmm. Well, we know a lot of millennials fall in that problem child category because they have an incredible amount of potential. You just have to sort of be able to engage their performance on a purpose and on a well-being and a fulfillment level to pull them up into star players very rapidly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you, if you have a work environment that doesn't support that, mm-hmm. where like you said, you hire warm bodies and you have a bunch of backbones that really aren't star players. And you have someone on your team that's just like, I want to do this. I want to do this job and I want to do it. And it's just like, and then the, it comes like, well, you know, that's not how we do things here. And it's like, you said, like, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. You know, boom. Right back. Yeah. You know, into saying that you're, um, so it's, that's why I say it's self-fulfilling prophecies. Cause you have these guys who are like, millennials don't work. And then it's like, they come into a shit culture environment. They're like, 
well, I'm not working here. See, I told you all millennials are shit. It's like, no, you just right. you uh, simply have an environment that perpetuates this myth yep. that somehow this entire age group of people are, you know, somehow uh, all uh, icebergs. Uh, but well, and the thing that I think uh, I, I've actually had this conversation with those that some people that work more in manufacturing uh, sure. basically just had this out on the table and was like, <laughs> where does this person lie? Right. Why did you hire them? Like number one, like you hired them because you thought they had potential and now you're seeing a limit in performance. So do you have a problem child? Well, why do you have a problem child? What's the barrier that's in the way? And actually a lot of times what would end up happening is they would just notice that they're just trying to turn that person into a backbone that they really actually didn't care all that much about the potential. It was just, the potential was high enough for right. them to be like, all right, well, here's a job, go do it well. I actually don't really care about you advancing anything. <laughs> right. I right. just need you to do this job. Yeah. That's again, warm body yeah. hiring. Right. And when you put the, that wall between being a backbone and being a star player, like, yes, I can, I can perform very, very highly, However, right. don't put me at a dead end. Don't yeah, put if the fulfillment's not there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So backbone, a matter of fulfillment. And they would, and the, the acknowledgement of the, um, uh, uh, non, uh, uh, I, I can't come I up know, with you're the almost words. there. <laughs> the acknowledgement of the, um, the, the building of the wall between backbone and star player that was unintentional. Yes. There it is. There it is. It's a big word. The unintentional building of that wall uh, that, that the employers would have was a really tough thing for a lot of people to stomach because they would see the charts and they'd be like, yeah, I really want star players. I really want people to outperform. I want, I want to hire people that are smarter than me, all that sort of stuff. I was actually just going to say that, but they don't want the people to be better than them. Exactly. Yes. That's <laughs> that, just it. That's the wall. That was the thing that, yeah. that would, would come up very, very often and why we actually in the consulting side would start, we, we came to the conclusion that starting the conversation with, are you ready for this? Yes. Was actually the only way to start. Yeah. Because the acknowledgement that people are going to start to outshine you as an owner. Yes. Is the first step to your success here. Wonderful. Exactly. Right. And I'll, <laughs> Hey, why do you think I work here? Harlow? <laughs> right. Because a lot yeah. of people like yeah. it's their baby. It's their, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's the thing that they started yeah. and, there's nothing wrong with that, but the, uh, that, that is, um, a finite thing. Like you're going, when you're gone, then what type thing? So, I mean, and I think again, we've done a good job by saying performance and potential and saying, what is potential? Potential is professional advancement. Yeah. So potential yeah. is individual advancement or industrial advancement. Mm -hmm. So if you have a business owner or you have someone who is managing or someone in it, and this is, I guess, one of the things I, I kind of have uh, reservations with both tradition and corporate medicine. Mm -hmm. But the idea is, is that if you have this environment where we've somehow coned down our ability to advance on the employer level, that's it. Yep. They, those those employers are backbones. Yeah. <laughs> those yeah. those employers. There's a possibility those employers are unfulfilled backbones. Mm -hmm. So if you have an unfulfilled employer backbone, that's it. Mm -hmm. That is actually a dead end job. Yeah. Because it's not going anywhere, right. and it's going to be hard as an employer to get any type of cultural management from your employees if you've set the bar so low for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's you know again I think that there are plenty of jobs that you know and it it's independent of industry. I mean you can go anything from automotive to manufacturing to welding to electrical. Yeah. Like if you don't find as from the employer level if you don't find the value in what you're doing on a on a substantial substantial level and I think that's where we sort of come into the culture and core values component is that we know one of the major issues in our profession is a loss of self-worth yep. so if we have people in leadership positions with a loss of self-worth who are owning businesses and then saying oh I am just a backbone and I'm actually going to create that unintentional barrier where no one can be better than me then no one's a star player and no one gets better yeah. and then you start to have the revolving door practice yep. people are either there as icebergs and they hate it it's a dead end they're not performing potential and then what else falls coming back to what we said earlier is both our quantity and our quality. Yep. It all just falls off and it's 
And that's why, again, for me, when I talk about our org chart, is that it's an inverted, it's, it's an inverted uh, uh, pyramid, mm -hmm. you know, or inverted thing. Is that for us, it's that administration is, it's so important for us to be the foundation of the company, not the top of the hierarchy. And yeah. that's why, again, this, just in this one chart alone, identifying that to say, no, really from a leadership standpoint, that's what we talk about star players. Um, anyone in that leadership position, you really want to focus hard on tier four professional advancement. You have to have it either on the individual basis, locally, um, or the industrial basis, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is, regionally. You know, you brought up the two types of um, business structures that surround PAW. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, it, the the video will actually be out by the time this podcast comes out um, is our, oh, our making impact number sure. one. So it's it's uh, it's kind of a summary of the first four or five podcasts that we did in a fifteen minute version. For sure, um, really the state of veterinary medicine and one of the things that we talked about uh, in that video was that you know what what traditional uh, day practices were right. Yep. yep. And how it, it constructed an industry yep. out of essentially nothing. Yeah. Yep. And then for the time we needed them. Right. And yep. now, you know, with that fading or just the, the, the potential of that type of business structure fading as culture and time moves on. Crumbling as the monument. Yes. Uh, corporate came in to pick up the crumbles. Right. Um, and th the interesting part that you have in those two structures is they both... I actually am now realizing another way to describe the barriers that they experience every day is that's actually just, you, you just said it, they limit stars, yeah. but they limit stars for different reasons. Correct. Uh, the, the traditional practice I think does, they limit stars because of availability and affordability in some capacity. I was, I was going to say, look at Katie's podcast where she yeah. had uh, the same conflict for different reasons, yeah. corporate and traditional, but yeah, carry on. So there are, there are definitely limiting factors to potential within a traditional day practice yep. setup, which is creating the crumbling. Yep. We're, we're losing stars yep. out of that structure yep. because of antiquated business practices yep. Yep. Which is cre process. creating yep. a loss of self worth, yep. and it, so it's it, it's just a great example of how all of those things kind of fit together, just in one variable of potential, yep. right? Yep. Now corporate does it for a very different reason. It's the layer on layer on layer on layer yep. of this person can't be better. The, the person at layer three can't be better than the person at layer four yeah. and so on and so forth. And you have essentially a force down of performance because you're Hierarchy. limiting potential. Yeah. All, all that structure does is it, it, it's the boot on the head to limit potential and you just create icebergs. Yeah. Uh, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's even, and like you said, the boot on the head is several. Yeah. Sometimes it's a matter of, you know, so, so again, let's, let's taking that backbone component saying, so we need to identify that it's an unfulfilled backbone because yep. you can have fulfillment in yes. the backbone position. Yes. So it's the unfulfilled backbone category. What's what, what is the fastest way to pull fulfillment away from a veterinary team? start talking about money all the time. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we get it hard enough from caregivers all the time saying, you guys are just about the money, you're about the money, you're about the money. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm actually here to help patients. That's what I'm here for. I'm driven by, and of course, for us, it's serve the patient, educate the caregiver. So, so we've, we've written it into doctrine and saying we are actually here to serve the patient. But then we start to have someone breathing down our neck. Hey, your numbers were down this month. Right. You know, hey, I'm going to um, pay you a salary, but guess what? If you actually drop below that, I'm going to put you in negative accrual. So like next paycheck, next quarter, you're going to have to bring your numbers up if you want to have any you know potential for making more money here so but also as a corporate marketing mechanism the first exam for these people is going to be free <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you both of those variables exist in the exact same world <laughs> strike a chord with katie there <sighs> yeah dude i saw that the other day just in the yellow uh, pages yeah, I, yeah. No, I, uh, oh. on facebook or something oh, sure, and sure, i was sure. like <laughs> yeah yeah wow yeah. way to devalue your yeah. people that yeah, you're gonna go grill on numbers <laughs> 10 minutes later yeah and then stick all your new grads there be like you're gonna get all the new clients but guess what they all have free exams yeah you know it's like you're freaking kidding me right um, but anyway so we're talking about the perpetuation of the unfulfilled backbone for different reasons yeah. you know so you move into tradition and the unfulfilled backbone of tradition
limitation is you're putting on an old pair of shoes. Yep. So you have limited your ability to even as, uh, you know, going into a practice like that to really advance. It, it's not advancing necessarily anywhere if, again, if the owner themselves are right. an unfulfilled There's backbone. There, there is There's an incredible in the amount of environment yeah. an yes. incredible amount of potential. Yes, yes, absolutely. But yeah. maintaining business structures as they have existed for the last 30, 40 years. That's done. 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 Like all of the potential is yes. now wiped. Yeah, we, our whole perspective in the paw way is actually move into the traditional practices and pull them out yes. of tradition into what we're referring to as the paw way, pulling into saying, all right, well, we have these really good uh, backbone practices that have fulfillment, mm-hmm. but we want to start churning star players out of these traditional practices so we can turn them into um, these high performing, locally owned, locally influenced type practices and regain our star players back in the industry because we're losing them with monument practices. We're losing them with corporate medicine because of the boot, right? Mm -hmm. So we're saying, no, there is actually a deliberate way for us to develop star players. And that deliberate way is moving through our education system and having these conversations, like what is this? Having the conversations about performance, about potential, about consistency, about clarity, about confidence and about competence and, and identifying those barriers. What is the barrier from backbone to star player? What is the barrier from problem child to star player? Mm -hmm. And saying, how do we actually move in the direction of having a high amount of tier four professional advancement, which is either individual advancement or industrial advancement. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the Mm -hmm. Paul way. You know, and another thing too, as we're kind of riffing around this, that's why I really love doing these (laughs) because it just advances these ideas. Another step further (laughs) is, um, you know, you look at uh, a hiring type mechanism, right? And let's say again, acknowledging the fact that the the other two business structures have inherent and potentially purposefully enacted barriers to failure. So the uh, traditional type day practice, your your limited availability limits the capacity for you to fail. Service availability. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, basically, if you fail, your failure percentage on a per case basis is far higher because service availability is less. So sure. It's harder for that practice to absorb yes. the risk of failure there Therefore, do not fail. Right. So if you're doing 10 versus 100, right. you fail one on 100. It's a 1% failure versus a 10% failure. Exactly. The corporate model is the negative accrual. So it's the individual consequence of failure. Sure. So both of those structures have significant um, consequence, basically, within the concept of failure. Teaching people that failure is not an option when, in fact, Correct. we believe it is the only option. Yes. Because we want you to increase your potential, to increase your performance. And the way that you do that is by trying and failing and getting better. Correct. Yep. Which again is between the reprimand system to the growth system. Yes. That's, what yes. we talk, that's what we talk. We have an what is education system. That is yep. what we have in our organization. So let's say that both of those other two structures though uh, are on the same page of a hiring mechanism saying your performance is going to be low, but we see your potential as high, right? So everyone in all three structures starts as a problem child. I think that's fair. Now let's say we have an environment of unacceptable failure and I fail as a problem child. My, the corporate or the, the, the employer's perception of me is now my potential is boom, 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 lower. Yep. And the likelihood of me ever even getting into fulfilled backbone status is very low because all they're ever going to see is me as an iceberg yep. because a failure just points low potential, low performance in yep. those instances when in fact, uh, so long as it is engaged accurately and appropriately, failure is the route to becoming a star player. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and truthfully, I mean, to that end, you know, when we, you know, cause earlier on the podcast, you had made notation that we, you know, we see employees go from problem child star player backbone iceberg yes. is, um, to make the notation that we have seen that happen would then imply we had the power to control it. So if we look at saying we have, you know, someone kind of making this swing backwards, I would say almost exclusively in all of those cases, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, when we've seen those people go from problem child star player backbone iceberg is that it is almost always their ability to accept failure as growth. 
Oh, absolutely. 100%. All of them accept it as reprimand. Yes. So that's where we get back to saying you're going to, and that's why hiring is so important because if you introduce these concepts at the higher level and saying, here's what the core value is, here's about us, here's about us, not do you want to, but can you actually do this job? That's reading the room Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, as these things start to come, just know that all we're trying to do is go from problem child to star player. That is like literally all we want to do. And it's either from a star player over to a fulfilled backbone. We don't care either way. We just want you to be fulfilled. We want to have shared purpose and shared well-being in our organization. But if you have an individual where they just see failure as constant reprimand or that's that's individual basis or you have the cultural component where it's like, no, actually, in this organization, it will be met with reprimand and you will be disparaged because there was failure. Then you're just basically right over. And it's like you said, it's just the creation of warm bodies. You take people's potential and performance away from them and then it's a dead end job. Right. Then that's it. And, And that's what that process in the fact that we had seen it is what made the next four variables so critical. Absolutely. Because it was, all right, we're not, we acknowledge the fact that that loop had happened a few times. Yep. How do we head it off? Yeah. How do yep. we say, yep, performance is starting to wane. Yep. I'm actually seeing potential starting to wane also. Yep. I We need to get in front of this. Yep. What what can we do? Yep. So uh, definitely uh, tune in next week, you guys. Yeah, I think it's a good, yeah. That was a really well-timed <laughs> yeah. piece. I, I feel like we did something today. I think we did too. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to listen to this one a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, uh, but yeah, next week we're going to touch on cons- consistency and clarity. Um, So be sure to uh, subscribe to the channel, uh, whether you're on YouTube, iTunes, whatever it is you're listening to. And Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. And then uh, uh, you can send questions to uh, podcast at pawhealth.net. Yes. So that way, if you guys want to go a little retro on uh, communication, (laughs) shoot us questions that way. (laughs) Otherwise responses. We do monitor all that stuff. Yes, we do. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to get into the the next two variables. And then the week after that, we'll go into confidence and competence. We'll have a few uh, Tuesdays with Airlines in the middle yeah. of here as well. Yeah. So uh, be sure to just stay tuned, subscribe. Uh, we got some fun videos that are coming out as well. Yeah. So all sorts of good stuff. So yeah. uh, uh, thanks again for tuning in, you guys. We'll see you next week. All right, see ya.